Hello and welcome to this very special episode of the podcast, our gold medal moments from season five of the show. I'm your host, Isabel O'Brien, assistant editor here at Gold, and with me is my trusty co-host, Jade Williams. How are you doing, Jade? Hello, very good, thank you. Uh, although a bit sad to be coming to the end of season five, it has been quite a good one, if I do say so myself. I know, it has absolutely flown by, the summer has flown by, I can't believe we're nearly in August already, but today we're going to be looking back at some of our favourite moments from the season as we head into the finale next week. From saying so long to tokenism to the pursuit of personalization. stay tuned for some of the best sound bites from our fantastic guests this season. That's right. Let's kick things off. So, for our first clip, we're going to be hearing from Anita Raleigh, Director of Government Affairs, Inclusion and Diversity and Employee Resource Group Lead at Gilead Sciences UK. We spoke to Anita about how companies can better attract diverse talent, create an environment where employees can be themselves and so much more. That's right. And in this snippet, Anita discusses how pharma companies can be there for the LGBTQIA plus community all year round, not just during Pride Month. It's about making sure that we move away from just being events programme um, and just focusing on those key months of activities. It's actually embedding it within the organisation throughout, making sure that those voices and perspectives are factored in and round the table when you're developing your business plans, preparing materials, developing bespoke programs, making sure you're working with different communities, not just the the ones in front of you. Um, And that really then kind of creates a really positive culture within the organisation. And then secondly, it's about changing the table, really. It's making sure that people within the organisation are feeding in to strategy uh, and activities throughout the year so you're not just doing a tick box exercise in in the month of June or around Black History Month because that really can be quite can be more damaging and then just lastly it's about showing up early not when it's just uh, the current fashion it's about being there at the beginning and providing support for those communities uh, throughout so you are showing up in the right way in an authentic way uh, which is has more impact and meaning. Bringing a range of voices to the table is so important to ensure internal and external campaigns have real insight and actually can create real impact. As Anita says, this will help companies to show up there early, not just in certain months. Absolutely. And showing up early can not only benefit employees, but of course, also patients. So next up, we will be turning to Warner Biddle, who is the Senior Vice President and Global Head of Commercial at Kite. The episode was dedicated to shaping success in cell therapies, something that Kite obviously specializes in. And today we're going to hear him talking about the importance of showing up early to help patients gain access to CAR T cell therapies. It's an interesting question. We've done a lot of research here and we know that um, of the patients that are actually eligible to receive CAR T or could benefit from CAR T therapy, roughly only three out of 10 patients actually get access to it now. Um, so on one hand, I think we can pat ourselves on the back and say, well, we made some progress because a few years ago that was, that was, that was zero. Um, but we're actually looking at sort of the glass being half empty and we're thinking, well, how do we get to that other seven out of 10 patients? Um, and there's a number of unique things in, in this space that make, that make it, um, 
um, a little more challenging for, for, for patients and that we're working with our external stakeholders in, in terms of trying to navigate. And these are things of like increasing awareness um, in, in, in the community, particularly with community oncologists. They're the ones that are treating these patients um, in the initial phases of their disease. And when they could be potentially CAR T patients, they're usually sitting in the community. And so a big part of you know, an education efforts on our side is how do we raise awareness on them so they can identify these patients sooner? They're extremely busy. They treat a number of different types of patients. Um, they don't always see um, these specific patients. So how do we help them identify these patients sooner and, and build um, their confidence in terms of referrals so they can get into an ATC so they can get assessed and see whether these therapies are right for them. So a big education effort there and, and really just trying to unpack a number of the um, myths, if you were, that are still persisting with regards to CAR-T therapy. I think we've learned a lot over the last five years, um, both in terms of the efficacy of these products. They're, they're, they're clearly transformative. They can potentially cure patients. We also know that there's uh, new ways that they can manage and, and, and deal with the side effect profiles of patients. And they're also very, very um, cost effective as well. So we're working on providing education throughout the system, particularly with the community oncologists. So like I said, they can identify these patients and refer them sooner. Access to personalized medicines can transform the trajectory of a patient's treatment journey. So helping HCPs identify these potential CAR-T candidates before the usual treatment pathways clearly can make a hugely positive difference. Fantastic to hear from Warner there. Absolutely. And speaking of personalized medicines, Dr. Sunil Verma, Global Head of Oncology Medical at AstraZeneca, spoke to us about this topic too. In his episode, he discussed, amongst other subjects, why personalised medicine is the ultimate goal for oncology. In this next clip, he ponders how pharma can meet the end goal of personalised medicine. So how would that occur? Well, that can occur through uh, a few different means. First of all, we need to learn from every single patient that is receiving clinical care right now in different oncology health systems. We are applying our knowledge from clinical trials to those individual patients, but we need to learn from the individual patients. And that's really critical for us to create an environment that creates a learning ecosystem. And then we need to be able to take that information, apply new technology, and this is where I see the power of artificial intelligence and machine learning coming in, to be able to take that data and have data-informed decision-making tools at the point of care for clinical decision-making. And then, we are really going to realize the full potential of personalizing care and personalized medicine. If we can learn from every patient, if we can use that data to have those tools available so that we can then have confidence and certainty when a clinician and patients are sitting to say, not only is this is what the evidence says, not only this is what we predict based on uh, what the precision diagnostic tools are telling us, but based on the data, based on information, and based on hundreds of thousands of patients who look just like you, here is the right therapy that we think is likely going to work. And I think that can really augment and support the clinical decision-making and also provide certainty and confidence to the patient that the treatment that they're going to receive is going to be the right therapy for them. As data and technology continue to evolve, it is exciting to imagine what this future of personalized medical recommendations could bring. Unlocking this potential for personalized care will certainly be a hugely beneficial step for the future. 
That's right. And personalization doesn't just apply to patients, of course, but to customers too. And in our next clip, we're going to be hearing from Chitak Buria, who is the Vice President of Global Commercial Operations Oncology at Merck Group. I actually spoke to Chitak about the industry's evolving commercial model, but here he talks about the fundamental importance of personalizing experiences for customers to really get that great engagement that all companies want and need. And that, that's where uh, analytics pay, plays a huge role. Uh, uh, we as a, a, a marketeer believe in what we call as a segment of one, which is ideally speaking, you want to treat each customer, each uh, stakeholder as unique. And that's how it should be because each uh, human being is unique. Uh, however, uh, uh, in the past, it was impossible because you are always, as an industry, dealing with a large set of customers and you can't be knowing the le uh, same level of details, uh, everyone. Uh, with technology, it's increasingly becoming possible to store multitude of data points that the customers are sharing with you, uh, as I said, through other interactions in the past where, uh, to your point, the physician would have reacted differently to different channels that you as a company are deploying. So there, in that case uh, that you are referring to, you would see that uh, physician is not responding so much to uh, emails or uh, invitation to webinars, but is very actively engaged when you have, uh, say, uh, a, a group meeting with uh, peer groups uh, of physician. Uh, or is generally open for an uh, occasional phase. So based on those data points uh, and with help of analytics behind it, you can have uh, a preference of that customer. And based on those preferences, you can then drive your future engagement. And that, that's drive, that will drive what we call as personalization of engagement. There is certainly a whole ocean of data points that Pharma can discover about its customers and, as Chetak mentioned there, being able to access and analyse them to tailor your interactions with customers is a great way to improve engagement. And speaking of customers, our final clip is from our very first Season 5 guest, Philippe Kirby, who's the Global Head of Channel Engagement and Execution at MSD, and he spoke to us about what Pharma's getting right and wrong when it comes to customer engagement. Let's find out what he had to say. I think that the pharma marketers have made great strides over the last few years, and the pandemic definitely reinforced the need for CX and digital first approaches. Um, but in my opinion, it's been more the digital side that has dominated um, over the last, uh, last few years. What I mean by that is there's been too much of a focus on digital engagement and probably not enough on CX as a capability or as a technique, if you will. Uh, you may have heard of a company called DT Associates, who uh, produce every year a, a report on the state of CX in the pharma industry. They're very specialized in that. Um, they are CX, ex, they have CX expertise within that company, of course, advise companies on CX. But this report is always very interesting. So they will go and, and do some surveys across the industry. Sometimes they will interview customers like HCPs, but also, of course, they will uh, interview pharma executives. And the 2021, their report really caught my eye. So we were right in the midst of the of the pandemic. Uh, and of course, everybody was fleeing to digital engagement as an option to engage with customers since face-to-face -face was completely out of the question. Um, and thankfully, you know, quite a few companies had already invested in digital engagement capabilities, which made it so that, you know, we could actually, yes, still continue to engage with our customers. 
in that report, um, DT Associates highlighted this you know, investment in digital and digital engagement capabilities. So um, virtual events, web, email, et cetera, were top of the list um, in terms of investing. So everybody in pharma was in, investing in digital engagement capabilities. At the bottom of that list was CX and um, inter channel integration. Mm -hmm. um, so you were thinking, okay, well, everybody's trying to do digital. And of course, it means there's going to be a glut of uh, digital information or digital communications that are going to come at our HCPs that we're all targeting in one shape or form or another. Um, but at the same time, we weren't thinking about the customer experience side of things. And then if you think of channel integration, which means that you try to manage or, or install a sort of a seamless uh, communication with your customers across all the channels, that you know immediately kind of says, okay, wait a minute, there's a there's an imbalance that's being created. So very big focus on digital, but not really enough on the customer experience side of things. Getting the customer experience right has a huge impact on whether or not your business is viewed well by customers. And it's great to hear that the industry is moving much closer to valuing CX alongside strengthening digital. Agreed, it's crucial to move away from those vanity metrics towards real valued interactions. And that sadly brings us to the end of today's episode. I do hope you've enjoyed taking a trip down memory lane with us. And we'll be back next week with the finale of season five. That's right. Do be sure to subscribe so you don't miss it. But until then, it's goodbye from us. See you next time. Mm -hmm.